It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to another edition of the Pucks with Hags podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe Haggerty. You can find my stuff at joehaggerty.substack.com. Uh, where if you get a premium membership, you will get all of my articles in full, emailed right to your inbox. All you got to do is sign up for the newsletter, and it comes right to you. Uh, I am also covering the Bruins and writing after games uh, at Boston Sports Journal with uh, Greg Bedard, uh, Mike Giardi, and a cavalcade of stars, some very talented people working over at that site, so you can check out my stuff over there as well. Uh, and with me today, uh, as always, and uh, on a regular basis, is my buddy Mick Collagio. Mick? Uh, tell them where they can find your work and tell them if you would like to plug anything else uh, in this week's episode as well. Well, okay. Thank you for the invitation, Joe. Uh, happy to be here. Um, first off, I'm plugging it. It's cold out now. And so this is hat season. So I'm starting to enjoy wearing uh, my my various hockey hats. Yeah, so, the original six um, ones, always a, always a, a crowd pleaser. I like it. Yeah, warm, warm me up quicker than I than I thought I would. So um, Fred Addis was in town before last night's game with Don Gallinger Jr. If you haven't heard of Don Gallinger, he played for the Bruins as a teenager in 1942. He was then caught gambling on NHL games and suspended for life. And look at this book. <laughs> Fred Addis just re- published it uh, on Chadburn Press. Uh, Fred Addis is spelled that way. And uh, and his and Don Gallinger Jr. was was handing out hockey cards last night in front of uh, the Bobby Orr statue until they got kicked out because they were. I guess they didn't get a license to do this. So uh, <laughs> but they were at the game last night. It was great meeting Don. A little guerrilla marketing. I like it. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, of all the marketing that goes on and may amazing how uh, how you can you can you can sell uh, uh, T-shirts on the sidewalk that that say F this or F that. but. By the Don G- Gallinger Jr. car, uh, you know, handing out a card about his father, who actually played for the Bruins because uh, of a new book. Uh, you know, that gets kicked out, but that's the way it is. So um, there's that. You know, uh, my stuff is on uh, rinkwrapmc.com. I link to Twitter, X, so you can find me uh, at Mick Collagio there, the way it's spelled on my uh, screen. And um, I'm now going to start uh, chiming in with Boston Hockey now a bit, supporting Jimmy Murphy's work there and uh, helping helping out there, writing the hockey news as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm getting around. I'm here good. with you. Good. <laughs> and um, show them the book one more time, Mick. This will make a really good stocking stuffer for the hardcore Bruins fan out there. Uh, if they have every single book that's ever been out about the Bruins, there's another one you can get uh, for the holiday season. Uh, thanks for for that, Matt, Mick. And let's thank our sponsors really quick, FanDuel Sportsbook, um, I'm, uh, this exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Network. Uh, NFL season is completely in full swing. So is the NHL season. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 bucks if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, now is the time. Let's also thank uh, Factor Meals, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. 
Um, calorie conscious options, uh, delicious meals, dietitian approved, chef uh, made, uh, ready in two minutes in the microwave, very fresh, delicious, uh, 550 calories per serving. Uh, Factor meals, we love it. It's delicious and good and easy to make, uh, especially if you're busy like me right now, coaching hockey teams and everything else. So head to factormeals.com slash hags50 and use code hags50 to get 50% off your first box. All right, let's get into the business of Boston Bruins hockey in the NHL now, Mick. Um, Bruins are coming off uh, some very good wins. Uh, the the Florida Panthers win, um, the shootout win over the Toronto Maple Leafs. These are big boy Atlantic division, uh, heavyweight wins, quality wins. These are these kind of fly in the face uh, of the people that were saying the Bruins were playing cream puffs in the first few weeks, playing all the Western Conference teams and non-playoff teams. Well, now they're playing teams uh, that are playoff teams and that are, have very good players on them and are deep, heavy, you know, lineups that are going to battle you. And they've come out with a couple of impressive wins. So this they continue um to impress me they continue to show me that they are very much for real um uh, and it's encouraging to see that while also still hearing from guys like brad martian and jim montgomery that um you know we're not at our level yet we're still getting better there's still a lot of things to improve but they just keep piling on points and basically making stamping their uh playoff passport right now while they continue to work on this uh work in progress uh, of a new boston bruins team this season I remember last year feeling very similarly because yep. a, t- a team full of X factors and age and mileage, you just don't know how well all of those things are going to go. And you certainly don't expect them all to go well. Yep. So, uh, but a disproportionate number of those things did. What was not on my radar was that this team like last year can find a variety of ways to win. This team can pull wins out of its sleeve when other things, some things aren't going good, whether it's a good power play night, a bad power play night, a a uh, you know, bad start. There have been several bad starts this year. Uh, last night was a very good start, but Toronto had a great pushback. Rather suddenly, Marner and Matthews are elite players in this league, and, and the way they were able to give this game a shove, very similarly to the way uh, Pasta and Marchand did in a prior game, uh, they can give the game a push. They can turn up their notch, uh, you know, turn up the heat uh, a few notches on the stove and and uh, change a game. They can make a push. And and that's what the Leafs did last night. And the way the Bruins stuck, hung in there with that, even though they were on the ropes for a good chunk of, of, of time after after that, they 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 figured it out and they got their game back. And, and that was required some simplifying and some physicality. And and they did it. And the thing I keep loving about Patra is uh, Matt Patra uh, was was really driving the Leafs kind of nuts because there's not enough data out on this kid yet. Teams haven't seen enough of him playing in the NHL to know his moves, to know how to cut him off, how to how to scout. They don't have enough pro scouting on him yet. So even though he's going to get better as he goes, there's an advantage he has right now that they don't really know his game yet. And, and while they don't know it, he's given them problems. He's sustaining offensive zone possessions that are keeping the Bruins alive for opportunities to score or maybe force a penalty, that sort of thing. And it's yep. really working out nicely. Yeah. And you know what? Even when they do sort of get more of a scouting report on him, I think he's still going to be very effective because – Part of it is winning battles that he went. He gets in the battle and he wins it. And, you know, and I was talking about this last night 
you can definitely see like the lacrosse background in him when he's on the ice as far as positioning in the battles like pushing guys out getting his butt and his his lower uh, half in there and and just you know bumping guys off the puck um even though he's not the biggest guy winning the leverage battle um you know and and i see that in youth hockey too right now coaching when kids play lacrosse you can tell when they get into puck battles by how they handle them and it's it, right it, they, they twist well they do unpredictable uh direction changes because yep. that game is so much more circular with the net way out in the field that yep. they are able to play in a more circular way is that the way i like my hockey no i like it to funnel i'm glad when they push the nets back to the boards and they would have gone another foot if it was if the rinks allowed it so uh mechanically the, what we have, though, is a kid here who's right now driving people nuts with his ability to cycle the puck. Even though yep. they think they can overwhelm him physically, he's great yep. at surviving the battles that he can't win and then winning the ones he can. The, uh, yeah, the only thing I would say is that it's going to be interesting to watch because he does a lot of high-risk things up high by the offensive blue line. Yeah. See, yeah. like, if that's going to end up being a problem or if he just has a knack for being able – uh, to do that and flirt with danger a little bit and, and be able to get in and out of it because he's really good handling the puck. He's fast spinning uh, out of uh, traffic and pressure and all that stuff. Like, like he's shown the ability to do all those things in addition to getting his butt in there and, and bumping people off the puck and winning puck battles. So I think some of that is going to continue to happen even as teams get used to him in the way that he plays. But some of that stuff to your point, I think it's going to be interesting also if they like zero in on when he comes up high by the blue line and he starts to like spin, we're going to jump all over him. And, and that's where the pro scouting is going to be there. They're going to yeah. have that on film that they know that when he likes to make this move right here, we're going to send a second guy and we're going to have a two on O or something like yep. that. So, so that will be interesting to see how that works. All right, everybody. We're smack dab in the middle of the NFL season. You know what that means? That means more time for you to get involved with FanDuel Sportsbook. That's right. Uh, the NFL season is in full swing. Even the NHL season is in full swing as well. So you should be getting uh, your wallets out, and you should be getting involved with the excitement that is FanDuel Sportsbook. Score, score early in this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook and the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Network. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150, bucks, people, if your team wins. So if you have a good feeling and you know, um, let's say you, you're betting uh, all your money on the team that's playing the Patriots because you think the other team's going to win and the Patriots are going to lose, that's been a smart bet all season. You do that, you get $150 bucks from uh, from FanDuel Sportsbook. How do you like that? If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in the action than right now. The app is extremely easy to use. It's a wide range of betting options that include spreads, player props, over-unders, so much more. The app is great. Uh, it's, it's very easy to use. Um, so visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season and do it right right now with FanDuel Sportsbook because they got your back and they're going to give you 150 bucks in bonus bets if you win that $5 bet. Mass 21 and plus present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com gambling helpline ma.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24 7 support 
Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. The impression, there's a few impressions I get. You know, one of them is is obviously Patra and, and his ability to continue to be effective. And I, I thought his um, last shift of regulation in that game against the, the Leafs uh, the other night, last night, was his best. And it was winning battles it was extending pressure in the zone it was like making sure the puck stayed in the offensive zone and they couldn't the Leafs couldn't get it out of the zone to release uh the pressure um and, and you could just see it was both creativity and it was old-fashioned just winning battles like and that's kind of the bread and butter of his game but it's more than that it's Mason Lowry um stepping up and in impressing me and looking like he did in the preseason like he looked in that game against the Leafs, like he was NHL ready, playing it was 20 every bit, every bit like he, he belonged. Generating there. offense, he was moving the puck. Yeah. He was skating really well. He wasn't right. a liability against a very high-powered Toronto Maple Leafs attack. And Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews were playing very well last night. Nylander too. Like their their big guns were were playing pretty it took well. Took them a while to get going, but when they turned it on, man, it was a whole different ball game. It was, but like it, the the fact that he was able to withstand that and play 21 minutes in a game like that, yeah. uh, I think he was third on the Bruins in penalty and shorthanded ice time. So he was on, involved in the penalty kill quite a bit as well. Um, so you're talking about a guy who was uh, just not babied, not protected, was really thrown in there against some very good players on the other side and looked every bit as advertised offensively, moving the puck, skating with the puck, making great decisions, showing skill to elude um, attackers and, and do different things with the puck to break it out. And really, you know, showing all the tools he has in his tool bag as far as puck moving while also, you know, being very effective defensively at the same time, uh, you know, it's I, I wondered if there was going to be an injury at some point this season that was going to open up uh, an earlier window for him to show what he can do. And that's our, that's now happening because of suspension to Charlie McAvoy because of um, the injuries to, to Matt Grizzlick and Derek Forward. And I, I wonder if he continues to play this way for the next like four games while he's up. Um, right, right. You know, is a great, change he may trajectory? force a question. Yeah, yeah is it going to be similar to Patra where like they're he's making the decision for them with the way that he's playing? Right. And is it going to speed up them, you know, having to potentially think about moving another defenseman and maybe injuries will, you know, kick this can down the road a little bit. Um, but I think if he continues to play like he did in this first game, uh, two way, 200 foot, great defenseman play for a kid that's six foot four, 210 pounds. Like, I don't know that they can afford not to have him in the lineup if he's going to play like this every night, especially against a really good team. So I was very well, impressed. Cause you'd love to, cause if you had the opportunity to confidently trend him toward being on this team at the end of the season, and he's showing you through a circumstance you did not ask for, that he can do it right now, then, yeah. then, and you have the luxury of the start you've had, then, then maybe, maybe they will hasten the long range plan a little, you know, a little bit like the spectacular thing that happened when Charlie McAvoy was supposed to play out the end of his season in Providence in 17. And the yeah. Bruins had a situation that required him to take our plane to Ottawa and he steps in and he's in the playoffs and he's like lights out. And it's like, yeah. holy crap, this guy's yeah. give him a give him a hang, give him a stall, tell him to get a place, you know. 
And in some ways, it was a little easier for them to do it then, not because it was the playoffs. It was obviously a big stage, but because there's no salary cap in the playoffs. So that wasn't part of the calculation, and they didn't have to worry about that, uh, you know, that part of it, him entering into it. Um, So that made it a little easier to just, like, as soon as injuries hit them, to call on him and bring him up. This, with the salary cap and and, uh, the, you know, glut of defensemen that they have, um, Mm -hmm. makes it a little bit more of a difficult uh, situation. So it's going to be interesting to see how they sort of dance through it. But, you know, uh, I bottom. have a hunch on this. What's that? I have a hunch on this. I think What's Grizz that, has been the Grizz has been the guy who's been wearing the bullseye all these months. Yep. But I think Forbort's going to be the one to go because the penalty kill that you just noted, one of the things Mason Lowry said during development camp in the summer that he wanted to do was close on players quicker defensively yep. recognize and then physically close on them quicker. That was yep. one of the, one of the specific things he was working on to clone up his defensive game. That showed last night. He yep. was doing it. And like you said, I and think doing it only... against elite comp- competition, doing it right. against elite hockey players, like the elite. Right. Of the so, so, so the fact that he, I mean, granted one game. So there'll got to be another one uh, Saturday night in Detroit. Yep. Uh, yep. You know, we'll get and we'll get part chapter two and we'll get a look at that. And uh, but but if 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 like you're saying, if this plays out, that Lowry continues giving them the answer that he gave last night, then I think that his ability to play on the PK may make Forbort the one who's redundant. It could. Because um, I, I don't th- think they want to break up the Grizz and McAvoy right now. Yeah, I, don't think they I want guess. To. I've never really been that enamored with Grizz and McAvoy as a as a me, pair. Me neither, but uh, I know they I know that they keep going to it. Uh, yeah, they do. Uh, but I I think you know, and and certainly Forbert's going to be in the discussion depending on you know who's drawing interest, what they can get for each player, etc. Um, but I just think um, when I I know that when the Bruins look at the teams that eliminate them every year in the playoffs, they put two and two together and get four. They see that the defenseman cores for all these teams they lose to are all six foot two, two hundred and ten pounds across the board, and I think <laughs> I think that is the, so many years that I'm, I think I'm, I, I, well, I, I did they have, and I think that right. Well, that's <laughs> that's the, that's the part where like at a certain point you just got to make the tough decision that even though we all love Grizz, even though it's a great story, even though he's a local kid, and you know I don't want to see him go personally because I really like him and I like his whole family. Well, um, if he were but, making less. And he was right. a, a third pairing guy who could be a specialty player that you knew could play up in the lineup. And that's where he was. But it's a little like Tory Krug in that yes. he's a guy who's making a little too much money. In the case of Krug, he was making way too much for what they felt like they could keep going and doing. And, and well, and he becomes a liability in the playoffs. Like as much as he's a good stick defender, he's good positioning positionally. Like he does, he's good at cutting off plays before they get in the defensive zone. There are some things he's very good at to, you know, try to mitigate his lack of size uh, defensively. But at the end of the day, if the puck is in their zone, he's going to get blown up in front of the net and thrown away from the front of the net by bigger guys. And and injured and unavailable. No, and yeah, and he gets hurt. And there's nothing he can do about either one of those things. They're totally out of his control. They're not his fault. But at the end of the day, if you have a, an ability to take a guy that's uh, a horse, is huge, and is going to be able to use that size in addition to moving the puck just as well as Matt Grizzlick, and he's much bigger, 
Like yeah. that's an upgrade you have to take. That's an upgrade you have to say, you know what, we're doing that. We're going to switch place this guy in for this guy. And thank you for your service, uh, Grizz. I hope that, you know, I hope we can get a, you know, nice draft pick or something for you uh, and start to, you know, reload some of the assets that we've traded away over the years. That's what I think the Bruins will be sitting there thinking to themselves, because I think, you know, also Matt Grizzlick is going to have more value, I think, than Forbord out on the trade market uh, were they to move him. I, I think his ability to move the puck, his ability to play 20 plus minutes, his ability to do some certain things, that's going to be more attractive, I think, to to other teams out there, especially when like if he's playing top four, you know, 3.5 million or 3.75, whatever he's making, is not exorbitant for a guy that can play top four minutes. Like that's actually pretty good value. So, uh, you know, I, I think that I still think that's going to be the guy uh, when push comes to shove. And, you know, talking to people around the team, I think that's the expectation too, is he's going to be the one that gets moved when there is an odd man out among the defensemen. But like, I just think it's a, it's a more urgent conversation now based on what we saw from Mason Lowry last night. Uh, mm-hmm. against the Leafs because he certainly looks like he, he's ready uh, and he's NHL ready, even if he wasn't, you know, going gangbusters down in Providence. Um, so I think that whole thing is interesting. Um, and Charles- yeah, let's, let's say, so just as an aside, uh, I know their minutes weren't anywhere near low rise, but I thought Mitchell equipped himself very well. I thought that he looked better than he did in the, in the preseason. It yep. looked like he was uh, trying very hard. And th- this was this was a less was more game for him, I thought. And I liked that from him tonight, uh, last night. And uh, yep. and and I also felt the Watherspoon, um, you know, he 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 has a funny game. He likes to make ambitious plays. He'll like fire the puck across a zone and a half if he sees a guy. You know, it's not quite with the system. It's, yep. He's a little more uh, schooled a different way. So I don't think he's a fit, but he was a fun to watch. River, riverboat gambler. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Like even if it's a, not an unsafe play, um, sorry for the double, uh, but uh, then he would see a guy, he would just go and do it. He wouldn't like say, oh, this is what we do here. You know, he just went boom. You know, so it was fun to watch. We do have Factor Meals uh, to help us out. America's number one ready to eat meal kit when it does get busy, when it does get crazy, when we do need a, a quick meal. Uh, They fuel you up fast with flavorful and nutritious, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. Takes less than two minutes to cook them. They're fresh, never frozen. Meals ready in two minutes, like I said. Uh, They have calorie-conscious options going upscale with some of the things they're offering now, like surf and turf, surf and surf meal options, roasted garlic filet mignon and shrimp and Cajun-spiced shrimp and salmon, which is like right in my wheelhouse. This is the kind of stuff I'm all about. So it's got everything for everybody. Uh, there's 34 plus chef prepared, dietitian approved weekly options for meals. Uh, you can get snacks, you can get breakfast items. Like it's 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 a great deal. Um, so if you want to get Factor Meals, uh, go to factormeals.com/hags50 and use the code Hags50 to get 50% off of your fir- first box. It's a great deal. Uh, you know, I- I've tried it. It's fantastic. I recommend it to you. We love these ready to to make meal kits especially when we're, we're on the go with our kids. So one more time, that's factormeals.com slash hags50 to get 50% off your first box. You won't be sorry if you go to Factor Meals. It gets the hags thumbs up seal of approval. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Uh, oh, the whole game was was great. I mean, I, I I totally was on the same wavelength with Jim Montgomery when he just became, basically came up to the podium unsolicited and was like, well, that was a great hockey game. I was like, yeah, that was that was playoff level hockey. And it was really fun to watch back and forth. Two very good teams. Uh, going at each other, but it was all the more impressive uh, given that the Bruins were missing three, you know, frontline defensemen. And to your point, Weatherspoon and and Mitchell, I think we're in the 13 uh, minute of ice time range. So they were definitely getting, you know, uh, getting protected a lot more than the other ones. There was no protection for Mason Lowry. He played almost 22 minutes, was thrown out there quite a bit. Um, I, I, I do think this is actually a good situation for Hampus Lindholm too, over the next few games for him to get a lot of minutes and sort of really get his game untracked. He was uh, 28 plus minutes against Florida. He was over 29, I think last night against Toronto. Um, And I I think this is a situation where like they can just feed him shifts and get him ice time to really sort of get his confidence back up to where it was last year. Cause he has not started the year um, like he did last year. It's been a, a, you know, much quieter, much more understated, um, yeah, more muted version of him. Last yep. night, yeah, you're right. These last two games remind me more of him before McAvoy came back to the lineup. And yep. now, coincidentally, McAvoy out of the lineup. So Lindholm's yep. minutes goes up. Now, granted, he's a left shot, McAvoy's a right. So it's while while it's not directly interchangeable, it's it's interchangeable in terms of role and how you div- divvy things up. Now, Monty went to a Lindholm Carlo pairing in the third for matchup purposes, as they knew Toronto was going to be pushing. Uh, but uh, prior to uh, Lindholm was anchoring a pairing um, and and not with Carlo, and he was taking a good lead. He given more, he gives more, and uh, in, and it's nice to see him build that out. Uh, you know, it'd be nice to see him play his best when McAvoy's in the lineup, even though they're not in the same pairing. It's just a little weird that he seems to thrive more with a greater load, put more plates on his, you know, he carries them better. He carries more plates better. Uh, I don't know why, but he does. Um, I just want to say, looking at this game, that I didn't know what Kevin Shattenkirk had left, but 22 minutes last night, in a situation where he's not in the sheltered pairings that yep. he would get with a full lineup. Yep. <laughs> he's yep. not in protected matchups, and, and he was pretty damn good. Yep. The other guy who blew me away was uh, Giordano, who was 40. That guy is a freaking beast. Now, granted, Riley plays the same side of the ice and played 100 minutes, whereas whereas Giordano uh, was uh, – even more, what did Giordano play? Uh, 21-36. So he's up there with Shattenkirk, um, not with Riley, obviously, who had played half the game. You know, he played yep. a Brad Park kind of game. Um, but uh, that was a uh, quite a quite a performance. I just wonder about a guy like that for their team going down the line. You know, when you're at that age and you're going to get through 82 in a long playoff run, that's mm-hmm. a lot of hockey. 
uh, to ask that guy who does that kind of heavy lifting for you uh, at, yeah, that, at age. that age. Yeah. He passes the eye test, but you know what, how old he is, you know? No, so. no and, and guys that age can do it a, a game here or there. I think the issue that guys that age have is if you're going to try to work them like that and ride them like that every single night, you really just can't do it. It's too hard on them over the course of a long season. I think you can pick your spots with somebody like that that's that age. But, like, uh, that's more – like, I have no issues with them feeding Lindholm and McAvoy minutes uh, and even a guy like Lowry if he's playing well because they're just young and they're going to be able to handle that kind of workload. But Shattenkirk's not somebody I would want to see playing, like, 21, 22 minutes a night. Um, I think that would definitely be too much for him. But, it, like, it was great to see that in, in that particular game. The other thing um, to touch on from the game against Toronto was – you finally started to see um, the Jake DeBrusque that uh, people were expecting to see to start the year and were hoping to see. I uh, thought he was very good. Um, you know, great play he made uh, following up. It's feeding Marshan first and then following up his shot to uh, score the goal that he scored. And he continues to show that he's got a vast array of moves in the shootout. Um, that and he can and he can change them on the fly, read the goalie and, and change what he's doing or pick what he's going to do based on what he sees uh, from that particular goaltender, which is like a very unique elite <laughs> goal scoring skill to be able to do that. Um, you know, and that's what he was talking about after the game last night was like he, you know, saw something that made him decide to you know, flip that change up shot that he does where he just kind of lobs it up into the top corner because he knows the goalie's, you know, guessing something else. Uh, and I think they had Sam, Samsonov all discombobulated because then Charlie Coyle fires one five hole right after that. And it was like, you know, they were coming at him from every uh, every place they were shooting. And I think they part of the reason Coyle scored that five hole goal was because of DeBrus goal right before that. Uh, they had him thinking at that point. So, like, it, it was a very good sign uh, to see him play that way uh, because they're going to need his goal scoring and they're going to need him to, you know, at points really step up the production this year if, if they're going to get a little separation from teams and not have to play uh three to two two to one overtime shootout kind of games every single night um i, I got something else here uh this reconfiguration of the lines and then monty messed around with them again during the game yep um uh when i first at the first time he put marshian and pasta back together I was like, oh, this is not a good sign if he feels like he needs them together in order to generate scoring chances at five on five. If that's how he feels about the team right now, that doesn't that doesn't do me. Uh, I don't get great vibes out of that. So I guess my uh, question is, is would Zaka move off center and then he plays a great game? Uh, you know, you come back with him. Uh, I'm not really sure exactly what how this is going to all shake out or if he's going to get something consistent going with Zach is not in the middle <laughs> I'm just really a little flummoxed right now by what the thinking might be other than the fact that hey if you're throwing teams different looks and guys are showing that they have some chemistry and you can play them a certain way then nothing should be written in stone with this team certainly not up front if so well, Especially if if most of the guys play center or can play center, you know, Morgan Geeky slide into center instead of Zaka, right. or do whatever. Like I think that is an option you have, and it probably makes the guys all happy to a certain extent too. If you give them some center time and give them some looks there, if that's you know their preference or that's where they've played most of their career. So, like I, that part of it, I get, and like I, I, I don't, I think 
what my sense of him uh, playing around with the line so much is that I think he feels like he's going to be doing that all year to try to coax more offense out of this team because he knows this isn't going to be one of those teams where it sets it set lines, you roll the lines, you score a bunch of goals, you know, you win comfortably and run away from teams in the third period like they did last year. I think he feels like, and rightfully so, he's going to have to coach him up and do a lot more coaching this year, including toggling the lines, changing the combos, moving them all around to try to spark things and to get a little more life and offense out of them where um, leaving them stagnant, uh, you know, isn't his first option or isn't the best option he feels as the coach. I just think it's a read of the roster that he has. And until he gets another horse or two that, you know, can really play with some of the other high-end offensive talent they have, he this is probably something we're going to see all year from him. Yeah, you know what's funny is is uh, I never would have guessed coming into this season when the when the, they showed up for training camp that after you know Brad Marchand's going to be a winger in your a left winger in your top six, you know David Pasternak is going to be a right winger in your top six. What is the set the third most consistent thing that's happened with this team? Johnny Beecher is your fourth line center. Yep. I mean, he is yep. he is the person who has moved the least compared yep. to anybody else alongside Marshan and Pasta. And and I you know that's that just it's it's funny that there's been that much movement. Um we knew there'd be movement, uh, but but it's funny that Beecher has emerged as a very solid plug where he is. Yeah, because he's a young player that's found a role, and I think they don't want to mess with that. You know, I think he's found a spot where he's effective, and they like him there, and uh, they don't want to sort of change his approach to the game or what he's doing. He's, you know, in a good place. He's he's the only one now that's still there and healthy and upright uh, from opening night on that fourth line. Uh, significant missing Lauko and Lucic, I think, from the effectiveness of that fourth line, even though Oscar Steen has played, I think, pretty well. This might have been the best games that he's played uh, since he's been up, uh, you know, back and forth the last few years, uh, playing on that fourth line. Um, but I, you know, I, I agree. Like, I, I just don't think they want to mess with a good thing with a young player. That's really sort of carving out a role for himself in the NHL, um, and, and change his mindset one iota from, from the way that he's played. But it's interesting you, definitely to note that he's like the big, the constant that hasn't changed amidst all these other, uh, rearranging of the deck chairs and on the, uh, on the SS Bruins right now by, by Jim Montgomery. Hmm. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I thought that he'd be kind of like on one hand, you're a head coach of a team that, that really needs a solid start from a defensive standpoint. You've gotten it, but you're going to try in their forward lines to try to stick things together and build some structure, things that you can rely on and then decide how the rest of it is going to shake out. What's happened here is that he, it seemed like that's the way this was going to go. And now all of a sudden it's all jumbled again. And, uh, and, it's, and so, I mean, you know, when you're winning, you can do stuff and you can keep figuring things out. And I guess that makes the players more relaxed to know that there's, there's such confidence on this team that, that they're going to get it figured out and that nobody sees a, a, a change as a threat to their career. Maybe certain people would on the, at the bottom of the lineup if it happened. But right now I think that people are kind of rolling with it in that room and, and just, you know, and it's a feel good situation, which uh, winning, winning helps. So, yeah, 
It sure does. And uh, I think work in progress is the uh, optimal phrase uh, for the Boston Bruins right now. Even though they're winning, it's clearly a work in progress with the line changes, with the way they're playing, with the way the offense is functioning. What's not a work in progress is the Pucks with Hags podcast. We are always a a well-oiled machine just cranking out uh, content here. So let's thank our sponsors one more time. Uh, FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Network. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So many things on, on the very easy-to-use app uh, with FanDuel Sportsbook. So that's $150 if your team wins uh, any $5 money line bet. Uh, visit fanduel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season and get into the NHL season right now, too. Let's also thank Factor Meals, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Head to factormeals.com slash Hags50 and use code Hags50 right now to get 50% off your first box. Mick Collagio, thank you very much for talking some Bruins with me today. Remember to buy that book as a stocking stuffer about, uh, what was his name? Juan Gallagher. Don Gallinger, yeah. Let's let's go uh, Google Don Gallinger on Amazon and, and uh, rifle up the book sales. Mick, thank you very much for joining us. Everybody, thanks for listening. We'll see you at the ring.